probably remain standing. Open your Bibles, please, if you would. To Matthew chapter number 16. Matthew chapter number 16. First book in the New Testament, Matthew chapter number 16. Once you have located that, Matthew chapter 16, then find chapter 16, verse 18. I will read out loud. You read silently along with me, but we will read together. Matthew chapter 16, verse number 18. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Please go to Psalm chapter number 13. The middle of your Bible should be the book of Psalms, chapter number 13. Book of Psalms, chapter number 13, starting in verse number 1. Psalm 13, starting in verse number 1. How long wilt thou forget me, O Lord, forever? How long wilt thou hide thy face from me? Verse 2. How long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart daily? How long shall mine enemy be exalted over me? Consider and hear me, O Lord my God. Lighten mine eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Lest mine enemies say I have prevailed against him, and who and those that trouble me rejoice when I am moved. But I have trusted in thy mercy. My heart shall rejoice in thy salvation. I will sing unto the Lord, because he hath dealt bountifully with me. Father, thank you for the Bible. Thank you for the truths. All of it is true, but there are times in our growth that one truth will seem to be more prevalent than maybe others that we have not even seen yet. So I ask you tonight, the truths of these verses will come alive and have great meaning to the people that are listening now. May I help your people tonight. Thank you for all you're about to do and all you already have done. We love you and ask for your blessings in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. courtroom was silent as the judge walked in order in the court I was on trial for my sin the Holy Spirit brought me forward and he began to make his plea as the judge carefully listened found me guilty. Now the verdict, it was guilty, and I had to pay. The sentence, it was death, for there was no other way. And as they began to son stood up and said, well, there's something I must say. There is some evidence that I have for 
this case he said with a big big smile on his face death is required let there be no mistake for the price was paid on calvary when i took his place and i thank god it was has been dismissed in my heart there's no debate for the judge he signed my pardon saved by grace yes my god he signed my pardon chapter number 16, please, I want to point something out to you. I want to help our church. Our theme for the year is right there. Back to the basics. Notice what this says. Matthew chapter 16, verse 18. But I will build my church, that's Jesus, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. It referring to the church. It will not prevail against it. He said, Preacher, this doesn't seem to be true nowadays. It sure seems to me that this can't be true because it seems like the gates of hell are prevailing against the church. It does seem that way. You see, the thing is here, he's not talking about the literal hell. That's not what this is talking about at all. In ancient times, the gates of a city were the stronghold of the city. It is where the decisions were made. It's where the counseling was made. It's where many times the troops would go in and out of that gate. Now think to yourself, the gates of hell, with keeping that in mind. What is he saying? The counsel against our church, the, the uh, troops against our church, the enemy against our church, the plotting and the planning against our church, the invisible evil, the demonic plots and plans... Uh, the Bible teaching us right here will never, never overcome God's church. This is the way that David felt uh, back in Psalm chapter number 13. David felt this way and he thought to himself, this is the way it appears in my life. It appears what we just read in the New Testament when Jesus is talking to Peter and letting him know. He wasn't saying, Peter, you're the rock. Well, I'm going to build my church on you. No, he's saying, you're the pebble. I'm the rock. I'll build the church, Peter. Not you. I'll build the church. I'll take care of that. And so what we have here is David describes uh, the way that this situation in his life appeared to him also. And he did not want God's he did not want God's enemies to prevail in his life. 
He didn't want that, or over God's people. Now, the word prevail, this is very important because we'll use this word over and over and over again. The word prevail means proven superior in strength, power, and influence. Now, let's go back and read the verse again. He said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not have, listen to me carefully, superior strength, power, or influence against the church. The gates of hell, that's what he said, will not have superior strength, power, or influence against the church. You're not talking about the literal hell. Not talking about that. So what do we have here? Go to Psalm chapter 13. What's David talking about here? David did not want the enemies of God to prevail, there's that word again, in his life. Watch what it says. This is a very sad uh, beginning of a psalm because four times there is this extreme earnestness question. How long? Question mark. How long? Four times that's mentioned. Look in verse number one, the beginning. He's saying, how long will you forget me forever? That's the way David felt. David felt like God had forgotten him. He's not sure when he's coming back. When will you remember me? That's the first one. The second one in verse number one, the second part. How long will you continue to hide your face from me? God, why won't you answer me? Why won't you show up? What's going on here? He's asking, this, by the way, how long? It's a plea of earnestness. It wasn't like, well, how long? Not that. It's like, oh, God, how long? That's what he's talking about. Verse number two, the third one. How long can I just keep talking, taking my own counsel about the sorrows and every day in my life without you? God, how long do you expect me to do that? Uh, we find out there are other people in the Bible that counseled themselves. There's nothing wrong with that. But David was in a fix and saying, God, would you please show Am I going to just keep talking to me? Am I just going to keep reassuring myself of what I should and shouldn't do? How long am I going to have to do this? And then look at the fourth one. In, in verse number two, the last part. How long will my enemy exalt himself over me? God, how long are you going to allow this to happen? How long are you going to let this keep going on? Now look at verse number three. Verse number three, it says this, consider and hear me. All right? Now he's praying. O Lord my God, enlighten mine eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. David here is saying that he thought perhaps his life would end in this kind of a fix that it would end with the enemies seemingly prevailing against him. Remember, superior strength, superior power, superior influence. God, you won't let this happen. Yeah, how long, how long, how long, how long? And David thought perhaps that his life, I'm going to die, and, and this is the way it's going to end. Them thinking that they are prevailing against me and your people. God, don't let this happen this way. Look at verse number 4 lest mine enemies say I have prevailed against him. And those that trouble me rejoice when I am moved. David did not want to go out with his enemies thinking they won. Now think about us. Think about that. Think about our church. He's saying here, the gates of hell shall not have superior power they shall not have superior strength. They shall not have superior influence against the church. That's what God, God promised that. Jesus himself said that to Peter. Peter, stop worrying about this. I'll build it. 
and the gates of hell will not have superior power or influence against the church. So watch what he says. Now, all of a sudden, he goes down here. He said, they have prevailed, and they rejoiced over him if he is moved or removed. God is, David is pleading with God after all of this, how long, how long, how long, see what I'm doing. Then he says this in verse number 5 and 6. Here's David's answer. Here's David's answer to all of that. Look at verse number 5 and 6. But I have, oh, isn't that good? But I have trusted in thy mercy. My heart shall rejoice in thy salvation, meaning your deliverance. I will sing unto the Lord because he hath dealt bountifully with me. Bountifully here is, is a liberal bestowing of, of, of facts and gifts and favor. He said, God, you've been so good to me. Amen. You've given me everything I need. So it sure seemed as though this truth is not true. But David's life proved out that that truth is true. The gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. It doesn't matter what it may seem like at a given time in your life or my life or our church. Listen to me carefully. It doesn't matter. God himself made a promise. Jesus Christ himself made a promise that the gates of hell shall not prevail against it or the church. Jesus Christ himself said of his called out assembly of born again believers, upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The gates of hell will not have the superior strength and power and influence against my church. It will not happen. Jesus said that. As, as with David, is it not a glorious fact that no matter what our interest is or what our failures are, God didn't say it didn't depend upon that. God said it depends upon me. I'll build my church. It depends upon We sometimes think, what will the church do without me? Don't we think that's something? Well, what are they going to do without me? That doesn't mean you can all leave. I'm just saying. But what that means is simply this. God placed you here. God can replace you here. God can take care. This is his place. He can do what he chooses to do with it. It is not the Lord's will that the great enemy of his church should prevail against it. That is not the Lord's will. How do we know that? The gates of hell. I'm telling you, I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. That's the will of God. The will of God said, I'll not let that happen. It will not happen. It does not have superior power. It does not have superior influence. My church does in this world. We are the ones that have the superior influence and strength and, 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 and testimony for the Lord. We are the church of the living God. That's who we are, the living God, not a dead God, not a grandpa God. So you ever notice how the Bible never calls him grandpa or grandfather? Grandparents act different towards children. Calls him father. Fathers know how to handle problems. Grandfathers, they know they're just not too anxious to get it done. Right? Okay, so watch this very carefully. We're the church of the living God. What is there in our character and our ability which the Lord can build his church on? You ready for this? He's talking to Peter and saying, Peter, you're a pebble. I'm the rock. He wasn't building it on Peter. Peter had no character or nothing that he could give God to make this thing happen. It could never be victorious. Peter could not grapple with the devil and all that he has going on to make sure the church goes on. Only Jesus could do that. That's why he said it's going to be built upon me. The devil, folks, look at me. The devil 
and Jesus are not battling it out on who's going to win this whole thing. The devil is an angel, very powerful. We cannot take him on by ourselves. That's a fact. But compared to Jesus, Jesus is God Almighty. You've seen the Father, you've seen me. He's God Almighty. The devil is simply fulfilling what God has set in motion and nothing more than that. He even has to ask permission to tempt you past a certain point. You understand that? So it's not like, so he's telling Peter, Peter, listen to me. That's my church. I'll build it on me. You're just a part of it. You're a pebble in this great big thing. Peter could not face the devil. There's no way. Christ's church, not this building, not this building, after all the assaults and conflicts that take place in our life, shall be victorious no matter what the devil does. God's people, God's church will be victorious. It doesn't make any difference what the world does. It, it, it shall rejoice. And by the way, we will watch our enemies be put into a box and put into the ground. Well, you thought they'll live forever with us? Not going to happen. If you're not saved, you're not going. It is that simple. They will not prevail. The gates of hell shall not prevail. It shall not prove to be more superior. It shall not prove to be stronger. It shall not prove to be more influenced. The gates of hell cannot stand up to the church or Jesus Christ. You have to understand here, there's someone that watches over and stands before us. I'm not on. There we go. Wake up. Okay, there we go. Thank you very much. You are awake. It's just hard to see a little sleep. Satan has exhausted his quiver of fiery darts. By the way, look, look, folks, look here. By the shield of faith, you shall quench. So what is faith? Faith is believing God's word and doing what it says. It's not just believing. Belief is just that belief. Faith without works is dead. So once you say, I believe that, if you don't do that, you don't believe it. So it has no effect. So the way to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked is to know your Bible and act according to what God has instructed us to do. The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Each one of God's children who continues on by living and turning to him and trusting him grows stronger all the time. But we are no match for the devil. We are no match for the world, the flesh, or the devil without Jesus Christ and the Holy Ghost of God battling will make you better if you do not allow it to make you bitter. Battling was never meant to destroy you. It was not meant to make you bitter. That's what we do. And we're not supposed to be that way, right? The root of bitterness. Do not let that happen. After the Bible said, after you suffered a while. Look at me. Suffering is a part of the Christian life. Suffering is a part of the Christian life. Suffering, trials, temptations, heartaches, losses, death. That is a very hurtful sight. There's rejoicing. There's praising the Lord. There's victory. There's salvation. All these other things. God is a God of balance. You, if you, all you have is this sight, you're out of balance. That is not of God. God is perfect. Therefore, God has to be a God of balance. So what do we have here? Please realize what else Christ is teaching. In, verse number, in Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, there's always going to be assaults. We keep hoping any time this will finally, maybe this will be the last one. Why, I don't even know why we pray that, really, to be honest with you. 
the assaults of Satan will not stop or, per, or stop prevailing or stop trying to prevail against his church. God does not promise, Jesus does not promise the removal of trials. He does not promise the removal of tribulations, assaults, or temptations. But he does tell us that he will give us strength to prevail and overcome. That we will have the strength for every trial, we'll have the strength for, as the song says, every mile. Christ's born-again church shall never, as a whole, fall from the faith and lose its hold on the truth. Never, 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 never. God promised eternal perpetuity to his church. It will never stop until the day this world is done. God said it shall go on forever. Eternal perpetuity. It will go on forever. Human counsels, man's devices, or Satan's assaults upon the church shall never prevail. You say, but I know a church that, there's another church right down the street. It's gone. If something happened to this church, you listen to me, listen to me well. If we do not keep walking with God the way we should, there'll be some young guy that comes to this town that will start a church not too far from here, and everybody will go there because he has the fire, he has the truth, he has the knowledge, and God is using him. Satan is not going to stop God's church from going and growing. It'll do what God set out to do. It may not be us, but I promise you it will be the church of God have eternal perpetuity. For since it is of God and it has to do with his promise, the gates of hell shall not prevail. It can't. It can't. How do I know that? God promised. God who cannot lie promised that the gates of hell does not have superior power, does not have superior influence over the church. It seems that way. But it doesn't. God said. He promised. It is built upon Christ himself. Not upon ideas. Not upon representation of him. But upon Christ himself. What was David's resolve to this attack that was going on from him? What did he resolve to do? What was his greatest concern when this was happening to him? What was his reaction to it all? Look in Psalm chapter 13, verse number 5 and 6. All of this, how long, how long, how long, how long? God, don't let me die this way. It all looked bad, didn't it? It looked like the gates of hell, if you would, were prevailing. But watch what he says. Verse number five. But I will trust thee. Above everything, I don't care how you feel. Don't care what it looks like. You know what I mean when I say I don't care. I care, but you, you have to actually say, I can't pay attention to that. That doesn't mean anything. I know that's happening. That is reality, but this is what I'm going to do. But I have trusted in thy mercy. My heart shall rejoice in thy salvation. I will sing. Do you know another song said, uh, we sat down uh, by, in Babylon when we were captive. We sat down by the river. We hanged our hearts upon the willows when they requested of us a song. You ever tried to sing when you're in a mess? When you're sad? When you've been beat down? You ever tried to sing? The heathen said, well, sing us one of those great songs from Israel. Go ahead, sing us one of those. They were in captivity. They said, we took our instruments of music and we hung them up. We're done. But they required of us a song. Ladies and gentlemen, our world requires Christianity from you. Our God requires Christianity from you. This area requires Christianity from us. When it's time to sing, you need to bellow. Let's all stand and sing. And that's not just bratty teenagers. Sorry. Anyway, now, watch what happens here. What was David's resolve? First of all, here's his thoughts. 
don't let me die in this type of a situation. With my enemies thinking they have prevailed on God, don't let that happen. Please don't let that happen. Don't let this, this is thinking. Why, 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 and it looks like the enemy of God, don't let this happen. Don't let my enemy, by the way, you have them. They watch you on the job. They watch you from other churches. They watch to say, you know, it ought to be enough for you to keep trying to do what's right no matter what you go through. Only because you have people hoping you'll fail. And don't fool yourself. For those of you that don't know what I'm talking about, you either need to get saved or need to get in a battle. Now, so this was his thinking. His greatest concern was this. They will believe that God, the God I serve, does not have the superior strength, that he does not have the superior power, that he does not have the superior... God, I don't want him thinking that way about you. Is your concern really about you or him? Are you more concerned about what people may think about you or what they may think about your Christ? David had it right. David's resolve then, with all of this going on, number two, his greatest concern, they will believe the God I serve is not superior power, does not have superior influence. If they overcome me and your people, what will they think? So he says in verse number five and six again, but I will, it doesn't make you do what they do, doesn't make you do what happens to me. I will rejoice, I will pray, I will sing because thou hast, dealt. God, you've been so good to me. Bountifully, you backed up the truck and dumped the whole load on top of me. Look at Anchor Baptist Church. Look what he has done here. You're gonna get me upset here in a minute. You ought to be shouting and running the aisles by saying, you don't deserve this. God's mercy said, here you go. So David said, here, I will sing of the Lord because he hath dealt bountifully with me. It doesn't sound like bountifully right here. How long? How long? How long? How long? Oh, God, don't let this happen. God has dealt bountifully. He had the right answer. He had the right answer. I don't know if you read, you should. Adam Clark's commentary says this about the gates of hell, which I've already told you some of this. He said the gates of hell are taken to mean the truths which issue out of them. In other words, the gates is what opens to all of our trouble, like hell spewing forth. God said the gates of hell. This is not made up stuff. But what he means by that is all of the trouble and the planning and, 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 and all of these things coming against us. That though hell should open its gates and vomit out the devil himself, it cannot prevail, God said. See, what I'm trying to do in all this is help you to understand you don't have to be defeated. Everybody faces sin. Everybody stumbles. Everybody does things wrong. You don't, the devil cannot overcome if you do not allow him to do that. And so what we find out is, is that the devil fights against his church, his church, his saints. It is they that shall be discomforted. And it's they, I'm talking about those that fight against, they're not going to win. We act like we're not going to win. Ladies and gentlemen, we win. Anybody read the Revelation? We win. He said, but right now, David would know. David knows he went through it. Oh, God, how long? How long are we going to have? How long are you going to let them think they're winning? But I'll tell you, God, what I'm going to do. I'm going to sing and I'm going to praise you anyway. You have been so good to me. All the things that you've allowed me to be a part of. Thank you, thank you. Th whoever. Hey, mouse. 
Whoever thought you'd be sitting in a church right now? Whoever thought you'd have two boys and a pretty little girl? Whoever thought about that? God knew exactly what he was doing. I think of Michelle over here and her kids. I think of you and your kids. Don't look at it like, yeah, but I have one out in the city. God has been so good to us. I don't care what we have to face. God has dumped the whole truck on the anchor back. And you know that's true. Other churches have folded. Other churches have backed up. Preachers, preachers have gone out and found jobs out in the world because they don't want it. It's just too hard. I don't know why God ever called you anyway. I didn't think God called women. The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Why, why the vehement assault on our church right now? Why? Oh, that's not a good answer. You sound like a teenager. Why'd you do that? Oh, that's not a good answer. Why do so many who no longer even go here seem to pay so much attention to what goes on here? Why is that? By the way, it's not just our church. They do that to every church. Why do you suppose that that is? Why the unexplained physical ailments and losses? I'm wondering, have you thought about this? Why the almost abnormal attacks on families and friendships? Satanic influence. But God promised, the gates of hell shall not have superior influence against my church. I'm trying to encourage you here this morning. And like David, we wonder how long. God, how long are we going to do? Actually, some are going like this. Oh, no, not again. If he's not worth fighting for, quit now. If he's not worth facing and even suffering some loss, just quit right now because it's coming to a theater near you. Ladies and gentlemen, what a privilege to suffer for Christ. It's going to happen. Quit buying in this stupid, charismatic, everything's blessed, everybody should be healed, everybody should talk in tongues. Like David, how long? And this inquiry, it's not wrong. God, why? You've done it, I've done it. The health of your spouse, how long? The loss of friends that decided no longer to walk this way. God, who's next? What's going to happen? You've done it, I've done it. Nothing wrong with that necessarily. But your, your answer should be this. My concern and yours should be, number one, you ready? Believe it or not, I'm almost done. But I was almost done this morning too. Number one. If you were to die right now, is this the way you want your enemies to think of you? Is that what we want? That Christ's church, is this what you want them to think? And your God to think if you died this way? Are you going to say they're more powerful than our God? That they have more influence than what God said our local church has? Is that what we're going to leave them thinking? Is this what's going on? By my concern and yours, ours should be this. Number two, am I concerned about God's influence, his strength, and his power at my church and in my life? We're like little kids. All we want to do is stay away from the bully. If he doesn't see me over here, maybe I'll be okay for the day. We're acting like ninja Christians. Nobody even knows I'm here. Nobody saw me, and you're not doing any damage, by the way, at all. 
We are not here to live coexistent with sin in the world. We are here to be a shining light and a salt to this world. Salt irritates anything that is an open, gaping wound. And this world is about as open and gaping as it's ever been. Light and darkness, you didn't think that would bother anybody? See, we look at it like, oh, light, that's a good thing. You ever been in absolute darkness and somebody shine a light? No matter how small it is, you go like this, ooh. What if they shine it in your face? Even if you're lost in absolute darkness, whoa, man, get that out of my face. You were in darkness. I thought you wanted the light. We're not here to light a candle and put it underneath a bushel. We are here to set it on a hill. God said, now you don't need to worry about it. I, I will prevail. My church will prevail. It's built on me. It will prevail and not the devil in his crowd. Number three, do you want the enemies of God in his church to rejoice? The enemies of God in his church to rejoice that almighty God through us did the prevailing against them. That's what I want. I first came to Columbus. I was told by all the good reverends that used to be around here. Actually, I heard Dr. Jack Heil said this one time. He said, I don't know of a good church that ever lasted in Columbus, Ohio. He'd been around. Also, before I even came here, the good reverends around here would tell me this. Uh, probably be good if you didn't come back. That's encouraging. Amen. Even before I got started. <laughs> and I'm not happy about this. But every one of those guys are gone. I don't have to fight against anybody. I have to stand for right. I don't have to fight against anybody. I have to stand for right. When I do that, when I stand upon this foundation, Jesus Christ shall prevail. They shall not prevail. I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about my concern for him. I'm talking about concern for truth. I'm talking about concern for those that God gave me here. Ladies and gentlemen, listen to me. This, we're not playing a game here. This is serious. This is eternal business. If we did not prevail against them, then we need to show God that we trust him. If we're going to, we need to show God we trust him. Are we doing that? Are we showing him that we trust you? David did in Psalm 13, verse number 5, the first part, but I trust in thy mercy. We must rejoice in the Lord again because his salvation and his deliverance. Okay, I'm not talking about just salvation like soul salvation. How many times has he delivered you from problems? Sickness? Trouble? Finances? Wrong relationships? No? Yes, over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. And it did not prevail against you. You see, you were set up by the devil. You were set up by the enemies of God. You were set up by this world. You were set up by your flesh. And even though many have fallen, is the church still in existence? Yes, it is. Is our God still marching forward? Yes, he is. I just don't want to go out of here with people blaming him for what I did. Amen. We need to sing. And I mean make the rafters ring. Well, I'm just, oh, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. That's why you start off singing. Get that diaphragm all tightened up. The more you run out of air, the more you tighten up the diaphragm. Got it? You understand that? You don't go, I hate whisper singing. I hate whisper singing. 
I, 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 want, I want to hear Jordan sing. Said, That's what he sang. you sing now? Oh, I can't sing. You won't even try. Uh, Ray Hart. Ray Hart used to be a opera singer, and Ray Hart could hold his breath like for just close to about a year and a half. And when I was seriously, when I was driving down the road, I would play his tape, and I would think to myself, "Okay, I can hold this note." And I'm going, ah, 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 and he, ah, ah, and I grabbed two or three breaths, and I still couldn't do it. Now, practice doesn't make you perfect, but it helps. Amen. And you want to know how that happens? Well, that's just him. No, well, I was going to say, no baby's born screaming like that. <laughs> Not true. <coughs> that's your opportunity to sing in church. That's your opportunity. David said, I will sing. Jesus loves the little children. I don't think you sing in that I think he was praising and holding God up and letting everybody know where he stands. You say, yell, but pastor, stop it, stop it, stop it. No yell, but pastor. The gates of hell shall not prevent. That's a promise by God. So instead of yell, but pastor, why not grab that and hang on to that because God made a promise. Too many have been sidetracked, slowed down, and become temporal sighted instead of eternally sighted. We're doing too much of this instead of this. David said, I look under the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from thee, O Lord, who made heaven and earth. That's where we ought to be looking. In 2023, we must establish once again our worship, our walk, and our work for God in that order. Being busy doesn't mean you worship or walking with God. According to Hebrews, the way it's supposed to work is, first of all, your worship. Your worship, which should establish your walk. Now you won't burn out in the work. Look, Noah, for 120 years, him and his boys building this big boat. People ridiculing, making fun of him. Why didn't he burn out? There was nobody to fellowship with. There's not another church in the area. Doesn't it make you want to puke? I'm talking about the men. The women go like this. Preacher, we can do this. The men are going, ah. We need to get back to basics. Arguments, ailments, allurements of the world are robbing us of our trust, our belief, our work, and the promise of God that the gates of hell shall not prevail. We're being robbed. We are actually being robbed by the things that God said, these are your. David, come on now. David was going through a very, very tough time, and his, his end result was like this, but I trust in the Lord. Yes, how long, how long, how long, how long? But I trust in the Lord. I'll sing to him, I'll pray to him, I'll trust him. That's what David did, and that's what we need to do. We're acting as though one more skirmish, I'm done. Well, if one more preacher lets me down, do you know normally there are hundreds if not thousands of regular people at a church that leave and let down a preacher? One preacher lets you, oh, is that the way life's going to be? I hope God calls you in the pastorate. 
That'll teach you. That'll teach you. If you wouldn't destroy so many people, I hope that happens to you. Now, watch what he says here. We have become so fearful and afraid to charge hell. Right? We used to make fun of people that charge hell with a squirt gun. Right? Doesn't that sound brave? Sounds stupid to me, but a lot of people think it's brave. God made his church a promise. The gates of hell, they do not have superior influence. They do not have superior power. But we act, we're acting like they do. The way David got over this was simply saying, I trust you. Oh, what did God say? I'll trust that. Oh, look, it looks awful bad. I'll trust him over my feelings. I will trust his promise over the circumstance. I will trust. Folks, listen to me. There's going to be other splits. But here you go. Oh, no. See, that's our, that's our first response. Right? Uh, stand for God, but you're going to have to suffer. Oh, no. Our first response is, oh, no. Like any moment, one more thing happens, I'm out of here, I'm about ready to quit. If we do not believe it and trust it and show actions to prove it, we will give our enemies reason to believe that they are overcoming the church of God. Problems or not, attacks or not, loss or not, Anchor and its members should keep prevailing. Tell me why you shouldn't. Tell me why we shouldn't. I'm talking about our church. I'm not talking about church down the road. No such thing as a worldwide church of God. Forget all that stuff. I'm telling you right now. So back to basics. You ready? I know you'll memorize every point. Turn that air conditioner up. Up means it's going to get warmer. Down means it's going to stay colder. Green is good, red is bad, okay. Jordan, can you come down and draw some pictures on the, okay, very good. I knew that would pay off one of these days, thank you very much. Number one, we need to get back to our prayer closets so that God can openly show himself in our life. That's a good one, right? God said, I'll see you in secret and I'll reward you where? Openly. We need to get back to our prayer closet. That's what we need to do. We need to get back to our prayer closet so God can reward us openly. Number two, we need to get back to our Bible study. That we may know God so we can trust him more and show God through our lives and our conversation. You know, every time you read the Bible, there should be something added or taken from spending time with Same conversation we have, same words we use, the same remarks we have, same life we lead. You're not spending any time with God. It's impossible to spend time with God and stay the same. That's impossible. So we need to get back to our Bible study. I didn't say Bible reading, though I'm glad you're doing that. You need to get to a place where you want to study. I want to know. Number three, we need to get back. Back to going and seeking the lost. To warn the world to flee the wrath to come. Jesus is coming back, and he's not coming back as Mary's little baby, and he's not coming back as the Savior of the world. He is coming back as the almighty king of the universe with a rod of iron in his hand. He's going to sit on a throne as a king, absolute authority. He's not coming back to pacify anybody. 
He has done that now for, oh, by that time, 6,000 years going into his reign and said, that's enough. I've done everything I possibly can to persuade you. You need me. And we still don't turn to him. We need to get back to seeking the lost. Number four, we need to get back to just not just obeying by giving tithes and offerings. Oh, you knew I was going to bring up that one. When are some of us going to get to the place of looking forward to getting into the extra giving and sacrificing part? Not just obeying in tithes and offerings, but want to be a part of the sacrificial giving of your life. What happened to your praise and worship? I have tried, and I will continue, but I have tried to let you know the great truth and experience of finally getting to the place where you can give freely. never thought that verse was true. It's more blessed to give than to more blessed to have than to give. Tell that to the farmer that has one bag of seed he's going to hang on to. He's really messing up. Now see, we understand that concept, even people that are born and sitting. But when it comes to our money, we don't understand that. You never will until you put it to practice. And I'm not just talking about tithes and offerings. Some of you, you keep telling me how you bought this and got that and got that raise and got a new title. Your tithes and offerings haven't changed. It's not only you do not sacrifice anything. Your tithes and offerings didn't go up. I just got Joe Biden gave me a raise. He's a liar. He did not. Cost of living is what they have passed in Congress. That's mine. And so I got a, I think it was 30-some dollars, 40-some dollars raise, increase. It wasn't a lot. I saved it. No, no, no. Anyway, I got it. So the treasurer will see if he's paying attention. He does. Preacher, did you forget this little white envelope? Um, and uh, I'll never forget that one, buddy. That's an illustration. Uh, treasurer, just go up to those people and say, here, I think you forgot your tithing envelope. I hope he never does that to anybody but me, but that's the way he did. Uh, and he was right. I, I, I uh, missed it for some reason. I don't even know what I did. Um, but I added to that right off the bat, looking forward to it. Well, let's see. That's really only $8.32. Let me split a penny. Hmm, let me see here. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah. I want to be exact. Why? 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 Okay, be exact on the tithe. So now what are you going to give in the offering? $2.83. You couldn't even take it to the nickel, could you? You couldn't even take it to 83 cents. What is that? What does that mean? You tell me. What does that mean? Oh, God really blessed me. $2.83. Isn't God good? $4.91. Why didn't you take the five bucks? You went to the bank and said, you got change for a dollar. What do you need change for? Well, I don't want to overgive. Number five, we'll move on. 
about getting back to faithfully and joyfully attending church. Come into his, into his presence with thanksgiving and singing. You should have church before you come to church. You should prepare yourself before you get here and act like I've got to pump you up. Oh, I love being in church. Oh, preacher, this is great. Monday, they just had big balloon day or something like that. And uh, you let go of that. Just, that's the way Christians are sometimes. I worked on the B-1 bomber, and they had these great big GE engines to get this thing going, beautiful aircraft. And, uh, and I can't believe they're already thinking about retiring it. But anyway, uh, the B-1 bomber had these huge GE engines, and I mean big turbines. I mean they were huge. The problem they had was they were so big, how do we get these things started? You don't just flip the switch like you do a car. They actually, You ready for this? They actually had smaller engines to get the larger engine moving. You're waiting on the large engine. Now, I'm going to get started whether you kick it in or not. But wouldn't it be nice to start off on Sunday morning with the amens and, boy, this is great. And say, instead of waiting until here we are almost 9 o'clock at night, I just want to see if you'd look. Eight o'clock at night, and finally you're enjoying Sunday. Yay! Hey, that wasn't a bad ending to the Sunday night service, was it? Folks, prepare, come in here. Why? You're not singing to me. You're not singing here. You're not praying. You're praising the Lord. And on top of everything else, he said, Let me let me guarantee you, I'll build my church upon me, and the gates of hell will not prevail against you. Back to faithful, joyful attending church. We need to pray for it. Your church. We need to long for it. We need to amen. Fellas, you don't amen because you're doing it. Now, that would be great. You amen it because it means so be it, that's right. You don't amen when you feel like it. You amen because it's right. If I amen it and I'm not doing it, I feel like a hypocrite. Stop being a hypocrite and do what you're told. Singing. Wanting God's word to speak to you. Are you ready for this one? I can't wait to go to the auditorium in church. Now they'll think I'm doing something. I, you don't go to the altar. I know you're doing something. You ain't that good. Six. Back to husbands guiding and leading their wife and family to a closer relationship with God. Yeah. Fellas, quit making an excuse that you work all the time. That is not your priority. Your priority is that family God gave you. That does not come above God. Adam had God first. That relationship was there first. Then he gave him his wife. It's not mom, mom. Hey, ladies, look up here. Your children do not come before God and your husband. You guys writing this down? The gates of hell shall not prevail. The gates of hell. 
put that block in there. I was talking to somebody the other day. Oh, I know what Brother Slavon. Brother Slavon from Athens. He's been pastoring one or two churches for 44 years. I think he started when he was two. That's a long time to be doing anything. And we were talking about the youthfulness of our church pilgrimage. And he said, Preacher, I was telling him about that socks and soap that we did and how we met and some of the others in here and how that happened. And he said, isn't that wonderful? Most people will not stay long enough to see the fruit of the next generation. I'm telling you, I'm warning you right now, those of you with little children, when they become juniors and teenagers, if we have a problem, oh, here's what you're saying right now. Oh, you mean now, just be quiet and do what you're told, right? But all of a sudden, Soren, your little girl comes up, Daddy, why can't I wear a miniskirt? All the other girls are. Well, honey, yeah, you're right. Him and I, we're going to have problems. And guess whose fault it is? Mine. And then you know what they're going to need to do? They need to find a different church so their kids won't feel so tied up in all the rules and regulations. Like when I tell your little girl, quit wearing that type of makeup. You look like Cleopatra. Now you're starting to wear yellow, orange, blue, green. We went through that back decades ago. Mommy, Daddy, before you walk out of the house, just look at him. Go, turn around. Let me see your face. Here, God holds you responsible. You might as well, you, hey, you might as well have it your way. Get back upstairs and take that off. You're afraid, aren't you? You're afraid. Yes, you are. You're afraid. You're afraid. You're afraid. You're afraid of a teenager. Oh yes, you are. Oh yes, you are. Don't you shake your head at me. this, I mean really, this you believe what I've been talking about here? Faith without works is dead. You amen it and you say I believe it. Without doing it, it's dead. Don't amount to anything. Prevail. Prove superior in strength and power and influence. David said, I think they're trying to trust you. I'm going to sing to you. I'm going to pray to you. You delivered me lots of times. I believe you'll do it again. How long? How long? How long? How long? He's pouring out his heart. It's a tough time for David. Like you. You get in this mess and you don't turn it over. You don't show up to church and sing it out. It's a great release when my wife had an ulcer. You know, I, I told you about this before. She almost died. And uh, what's her name? Laha? What a name? Indian. That's not this guy. And uh, he told her, he said, you sing? Well, you couldn't hardly understand. Who was it in? And she said, what? Uh, and she said, uh, you sing? You have no idea. You know, no, I mean, oh, oh, oh. Oh, no, not like that. You need to sing. You, you laugh? You know, ha, 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 from here. You laugh? Good for you. Laugh. Ha, 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 ha. So for those of you who said were like this, going, I hope you get an ulcer. 
understand, very understanding. Back to the basics. You know, going to prayer regularly, it almost forces you to, oh, I'm not really going to pray. I, I better stay in bed. Yeah? Then in the morning, those of you that have decided, I'm accepting the challenge to read my Bible through. Those of you that bailed out, you're never going back. You won't accept the challenge. So now in the morning, they have to. Hey, you know, I was reading about Joseph this morning. They better respond like they know what the story's all about. It really is pretty amazing. We get to get, hey, preacher, I never caught this before. It's a great time. Did you know when Joseph was doing this, and I just, wow, isn't that something? Like I never heard it before. It's good for you. It would be good for you too, but you've already bailed out. If we didn't gather for prayer, how's your prayer life? But just knowing Saturday's coming up and we're going to have to pray with other men. Oh, I better try to stay right. At least for right now. Oh, that's right. Then on Sunday, man, I forgot about that. I got guys on both sides of me in front, behind me. We're all praying. Oh, I better stay right with God. Isn't that good? Isn't that good? God put safeties in your life. <laughs> By the way, that's why you skip church over any little thing that happens or comes up. Bible said, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some men. But you're supposed to encourage each other. And the much more as you see the day approaching. The much more, not the much less. Well, preacher, I got to work tomorrow. Watch me, very carefully. I really don't care. God, you told me God gave you that job. Now you're telling me the job keeping you away from serving God. It's not mandatory overtime. You volunteer. I need the money. You ever think about tithing? You ever think about giving an offering? Well, I'm really putting hers to your wallet right now, aren't I? Ladies and gentlemen, listen to me. God promised it doesn't matter what you or I do. I'd rather go along with you. But if it doesn't, God said, Satan, that gates of hell, they're not taking over. They're not, they do not have superior strength. My God does. They do not have superior influence. My God does. And the local church is the representation of God. We are here to show the world what God does in a person's life when we obey him. Would you not do something for me? Don't ever tell me if one more thing happens. I don't want to hear it. You know why? If I was a devil, I'd push you for one more thing. I'd push, I'd push you straight for that. Why? You already told me you're quitting. You ever try this? I don't care what happens. I ain't quitting. It's like people who get sick. Flu's coming. I think I'm already getting it. You know what I say? I ain't getting it. Yes, you will. Everybody does. It's like you want to talk me into getting sick. I'm, no, I'm not listening to you, negative person. I'm not going to do it. Everybody's getting sick. You probably will too. Pretty. I don't get sick. You know what psychosomatic is? Not psycho, but add the next word to it. Psychosomatic if you have a problem, the way you think can add to it or take from it. It's a proven fact. A lot of illnesses get worse according to the way you think. Ready? I think I have COVID. <coughs> Do I have a fever? Does it feel like I have a fever? I think I have a fever. You just got through running up the steps. What do you want me to tell you? 
What is wrong with, and we do the same thing in the church. Oh, no, not another split. Oh, no, they're not leaving too. Oh, no. Are you, is that what you're wanting? You're looking forward to quitting, and there's your option. The gates of hell cannot prevail against a church. And I'm going to tell you right now, if we fail and this thing destroys us, it's us, it's not God. And the devil did not overcome it. God said, I will not let that happen. I'll go down the street and start another church, and I'll raise a whole bunch of Christians down there. You better make the best of this. We better make the best of this. You don't find this on every street corner. You know that. So just sit there during singing time. Don't go over to prayer time. Don't put anything in that plate. And then one day you can whine and cry because I let you down and everything fell apart. Why, why do you get quiet when I say that? As far as I know, I'm not going anywhere. I'm in good health. No, no I just can't remember a thing. Uh, wow, that hurt. Um, somebody told me the other day, it was, who was in here? Let me, might have been Abigail. No, somebody said, let me, preacher, what will happen if you, if you died in this day? Wouldn't it be? It would be for me, but I'm not sure it would be good for you. Do I? Yeah, last, last point. Uh, I can play dominoes better than you can. Right? Head hurt, stomach hurt, can't buy my cigarettes. Anyway. Um, You're in the military. You should have heard that before. Listen to me. In my opinion, you can't make it here. You can't make it here. This is a great place. The local church is God's bride. It is his bride promised to you. And right now he says, you've got some work to do. Don't let them and that convince you we're no match for them. You're exactly right. I'm not. He is. He is. So all I got to do is scoot over next to him. We're going to be okay. Let's pray. Father, in 